I think we can all agree that spring games themselves are kind of a bore fest if you're someone watching it. But Auburn head coach Hugh Freeze had a really interesting idea of a way to spice up this spring game to bring in fans and to bring in a level of competition that could actually make this a little bit different than what we are used to. We'll get into that on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. I'm the editor and publisher of Eagle Insider. Happy Thursday, everyone. Well, Spring game is just a week away for the Boston College Eagles as they are set to play their Jay McGillis game on Saturday. Now, you have to be a absolute diehard to care about the spring game. Any casual BC fan, they don't show up to this because, well, for the last 10 years or so, and, and, and rightfully so, it hasn't been treated, honestly, very seriously. There's been two years, the marathon bombing year, COVID year. Um, And I think there was another year too, that they canceled the game for various reasons. This year is going to be, you know, another game and you know, it's, it's what it is. It's in years past with Adazio, you could go to these games and watch a convoluted scoring system that any fan who watched probably had no clue what was going on under Jeff Halfley. It's a, it's a scoring system. That's, much more realistic to what a game is, but still it's not the same as a real football game. So when you go to alumni stadium, there's, you know, the end zones are empty. It's like half full on between the 30 and the 30 yard line on both sides. It's, it's not the same. It's not, but what do you do? Well, Hugh freeze of the Auburn tigers, the new head coach who was uh, previously at Liberty he has a new idea, and I thought it was interesting. He wants to have uh, to scrap the traditional spring game, and he wants to scrimmage another school. He said, Alabama can play Troy, and we can play UAB or vice versa or whoever. I don't care. Alabama State or whatever. People will come see that. And then he said, uh, you know, and so interesting, right? Would more fans go – if And you have to remember, this is a scrimmage, so you're not going to have live hitting. But more fans, would they show up if BC played UMass, UConn, Holy Cross, uh, Maine, any of the local schools? Would, be, would more fans show up to that? I think they would. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it has a little bit more juice to it. It has a little bit more... I don't think it's at stakes because it's just a scrimmage. I mean, the NFL does similar stuff. They have joint practices all the time. They don't do it in front of fans. But if you're already doing a scrimmage, why not do it against an opposition? Because he's, as he says, um, you know, uh, where was it? Uh, uh, Trent Dilfer said, right? Uh, Trent Dilfer, who is now at UAB, he said, he agrees. He said, pretty, 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 please. Yes, of course. Hugh's right. Whether you're Auburn or Alabama, you're looking for live competition. You're looking to not play yourself. 
And I think if you're UAB or Troy, you're looking to hopefully play people that are perceived to be much better than you so you can use it as a test to see where your program is at. I think that works for everybody, right? He even he even proposed to already signing up a, a home and home with Auburn. So it's it's something that could legitimately happen. I don't know what the NCAA thinks about that. But I think it's something interesting to think about. BC, obviously, for the spring game, there's not a lot. I mean, other than, as I said, if you're a diehard, you'll go to the games just to watch. But even then, you can't really take much. Like the run game, no one gets hit. So what are you going to get out of that, right? Uh, you see some good plays. I mean, last year, the keg stand by Christian Mahogany, that was the big play of the uh, of the spring game. That was that was the highlight, right? And then there wasn't much out. There wasn't a ton of other things. But if BC was to play UConn or to play UMass, you know that you you'd bring in you could you could have the UConn fans travel in or the UMass fans travel in. You could kind of fill in the stadium a little bit more. And as as uh, Troy Trent Dilfer said, really you know, give some gauge to both teams, right? It's not just you playing against yourself. These guys have played against themselves. BC's played against themselves in multiple scrimmages already this summer, this spring. It's not anything different for them other than it's an alumni stadium with live fans there. But there is a big concern. And I was talking to Mitch about it. And the big concern would be injuries. But you play it like a scrimmage, right? And, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, I thought Hugh Freeze had a great uh, conversation about this, a quote about this. He said, you're just decreasing your injury possibilities by 50%. And coaches are smart enough to control. We're we're not going to hit each other's quarterbacks. We practice that way. If you want to put a blue jersey or a different jersey, that means don't take that player to the ground. We can do that. I think that would just be great for the sport. Yeah. I mean, if you watch a spring game, quarterbacks don't get hit. That's part of it. And, and Maybe you set up ground rules for the running backs too. Cause I noticed the running backs don't get hit too. So you set up what you do. You set up the ground rules kind of like you do for an inter inter squad game, right? Where if you wrap up the the running back, it's over. And yeah, it's not going to be a hundred percent realistic, but it's still going to be different than watching, you know, your second team defense hitting Pat Garwo. I think it'd be fun. I think it's a good middle ground. I've I've said before, I would love for the spring game to actually be, and this is kind of like head in the clouds, like get the F, F, B, FCS game out of the way in the spring and just do it then and, you know, get it on TV and whatnot. But you know what? I, I think that's unfair because there's other things that go into the equation when you put the FCS game where it is because, you know, <coughs> there you don't want to play full tackle at this point. The player's... Still need to continue to develop. But if you do it like Free said, like Trent Dilfer said, I think it would be fun. And honestly, I watch Georgia or Alabama, and they they get thousands, you know, obviously they have huge crowds there, but it's not the same as during the regular season. It doesn't have the same juice. If you're watching the SEC network in the third quarter of a spring game, like three quarters of the stadium's already gone. So what you know it it's not the same. If you want to get some opposing groups in there, maybe you can get tailgating. I, I've always said this. I I think BC always misses the mark here as just as a fan. 
why there's no tailgating for the spring game is beyond me. Like it's a perfect opportunity to do it and they don't do it or even have like, they have the fan fest. But they don't really do much more than that. But if you had some, you know, opposing teams in there and bigger crowds, they'd be forced to do stuff like that. And I think that would be a great opportunity for them. So just my thoughts <coughs> on the spring game. I apologize if I, I'm trying to dump whenever I cough. Um, as you know, yesterday I was not on the show because I had a, I got a cold for my, my kids. It's still here, but I need to talk to you guys today. What I need to talk to you about next is the transfer portal. And I want to get into a couple names uh, that I think that you need to know about that are coming up in the transfer portal that are worth discussing. We'll get into that in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about our good old friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is ready for the NBA playoffs because it's almost here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because no new customers get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, then you can bet on everything. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Just go in. You can bet on Celtics, Lakers, whatever you want. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. This is Locked On BC. I am your host. Hey, Jay Black. And I want to ask you, if you are listening to this for the first time, hit that like button, first of all. Second of all, we are 125 subscribers away from 1,000. Please subscribe if you have not done so already. Now, let's get into some basketball news. Now, the transfer portal is going hot and heavy right now. BC has some big names that they've been looking at. We've already talked about Claudel Harris from Charleston Southern, a guard averaging 15 points a game. He's got an official visit set up, I think, next weekend. Same thing with Koasi Rize, former top 50 recruit from Florida. Both are guards. Who else is BC looking at, though? I think that's what people want to know. As we have discussed, BC has three open uh, scholarship spots available. Now, they could go in and get a 23 recruit like uh, North Carolina 23 uh, forward Elijah Strong, who I know that is going to be on campus as well, but they might also go for three transfers. Now, who are some other names that they could be looking at? Now, if you follow along with, um, I, I, I don't even know who's it, like Andrew Slater and all these other transfer portal rec- uh, accounts. I, I, I want to hes- hesitate because 247 does a better job at it than some of the others. They put out lists of, Every school a kid has talked to. And it feels like they talk to the kid and the kid's like, yeah, I talked to Villanova and UConn and Boston College and Pitt and BYU and Notre Dame and Clemson and Florida and Miami and Texas Tech and uh, Baylor and Boise State and Yale and Harvard and Penn and Pittsburgh. And, and so it just goes on and on. I have a hard time taking those posts seriously for a few reasons first of all 
when a kid is talking to 80 schools, he's not going to visit 80 schools. He's not going to zoom 80 schools. So I personally take those lists and I just huck them in the trash because they don't mean anything. It just means they talk to him. Who the heck cares? I talked to my dog. My dog is not going to commit to BC. So what I'm looking for is those next steps. What's a recruit that has taken that list of 30, 40 schools and dropped it to seven or eight or has set up a commit, uh, a visit or set up a zoom that to me spells spells, excuse me, the next step that there's a serious interest there by the recruit and the school. Now, there's two names that have smaller lists that I, I'm interested in looking at. The first is Noah Fernandez. Noah Fernandez is a guard from UMass who's looking heavily at Rutgers and Baylor. I saw he, um, I saw Jake Weidengartner put that he has visits there. <coughs> I'm interested though because Andrew Slater, who's another recruiting nut, put that BC is is heavily involved in him. Now he's a five eleven guard. I believe he transferred to UMass a couple years ago from Wichita State. Average fifteen points a game, but has been hurt a lot. I don't know where BC stands with him. And I don't honestly know if he's a guy that is, is a big need for BC. Yeah. He's a shooter, but BC has plenty of guards that can shoot. He doesn't do the things that DeMar Langford could do. Langford was a good slashing kind of like that mid guard wing kind of size. I mean, Fernandez is five eleven. He's smaller than I think every guard BC has. Would they need him? I mean, they could always use depth, but is he going to come here for depth? I don't think so. I'm not sure. Name to watch for. And there's some like, and I don't want to get into his his situation, but there's some family things that are going on uh, that he's been open about on Twitter. And, and it's not bad stuff. It's just stuff that's going on with his family. He's from the area. Maybe he wants to stay in Massachusetts. If he does, then BC might be a good choice for him. We'll have to wait and see where his head's at with that kind of stuff. But he's one to watch for. The other name, that just completely interested me is um, <clears throat> Tyler Perry. Now, another smaller guard. He average he Tyler Perry played for North Texas, and he averaged seventeen point three points per game. I'm only mentioning him because he's a guy that you know. Pie in the sky, right? T- BC's had success in Texas. That's all I'm going to say. You know, he's got other big time programs on there that someone's going to pay him. But he was another name that I saw that I thought, oh, this is worth talking about. I haven't seen BC involved with a lot of centers, which I think should be good signs that hopefully Quentin Post will be back. We have not heard yet if he's coming back. We know Jalen Hastings and Armani Mighty are going to be there next year. But, man, BC's got to be a completely different team with post than without post. It looks to me that BC's going to probably go with two guards and a forward with these open um, scholarship slots. I think they're going to go with, you know, either a shooting guard, someone like Fernandez, that kind of tweener guard, forward, and then a, a true honest to God forward to go on along with that. So those are, those are, that's where. And again, BC basketball is in a dead period. I believe 
it ends either tomorrow or it just ended. That means that you're going to see more recruiting news hitting hard uh, coming up, and we'll have to wait to see what that news is going to look like. Now, in our final segment, our man, the favorite guy that we talk about on this podcast is going to be traveling a little bit. That's right. Zay Flowers has a date in Kansas City. We'll get into that in just a moment. This is Locked On Zay Flowers. I am your host, AJ Black. Yep. I mean, I've done this podcast for three years now. Almost three years. We're going on three years in October. I've done almost 600, um, over 600 episodes. And one of my favorite guys that I talk about here is wide receiver Zay Flowers. And the, the numerous stories that we talk about, the numerous highlight reel catches have made him a favorite of this podcast. I, I still have him saying, and I, I had to go find it. I, I did a horrible job of saving it. With I got him on, on um, recorded him saying, this is Zay Flowers, you're listening to Locked on BC. But anyways, the, you're not listening to me talk about myself here. You, you want to know about Zay. On This week has been very busy for Zay Flowers. Now, we have heard that he's had visits with the Saints, with the Giants, this week, he had more visits. He set up a top 30 visit with the Cowboys and the Patriots. Now, me, myself, I would love, 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 love to have Zay end up with the Patriots because that's that's my team. But the Cowboys also would be an interesting spot for him to land. They have C.D. Lamb. They've got Michael Gallup. But they could use, I mean, any team could use a Zay Flowers. Those are two big things. But it wasn't just the visit that was important. It was that Zay Flowers is heading to the NFL draft. That's right. Zay will be there in Kansas City when the NFL draft happens. And when he hears his name, he will be there to, uh, you know, put on the hat and shake Roger Goodell's hand. It's going to be an amazing moment. And you know, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I, I don't think Zion Johnson was there last year, if I remember correctly. I swear he was at home when they recorded it. But, uh, no, actually, he was there. He was there. But anytime a BC player is there, it's always good pub for the school. And the, the good um, analysis and the analysts that are going out there and talking about him, they're, they're really, uh, pump, you know, getting be a very positive him. So Todd McShay, a lot of you guys know him. He's obviously on um, college game day. He says, I love this guy. I sorry. Todd McShay is not on game day. What am I saying? I love this guy. I've got him as receiver two, And there's not a big gap between Jackson Smith and the Jibby and Zay anywhere after 15. It wouldn't surprise me. Probably most likely 20 to 31. So Yeah. I, I mean, there's been a lot of analysts that have him as number one. I know Mitch has said he's probably locked in at number two, just like McShay said. But this is going to be fun to see where he lands because he's not going to be a guy that goes into this NFL draft and watches his draft stock pl- plunge. He's a likable guy. He did everything he needed to do. He's got the film to show it. Zay is going to soar up those draft charts. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch what happens there. Now, we're going to wrap things up. If you have not subscribed to our Eagle Insider, you missed out today. 
Mitch was on the site doing a live Q&A, and he answered a lot of folks' questions about Boston College football. You can still check it out, see what he had to say. 50% off, I'm telling you. Right now, go sign up. You can get that as well. Also, uh, no real big BC football news over the last couple of days. Um, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. And uh, that's where we're going to wrap things up. Well, this is AJ Black. We'll be back again tomorrow for Thursday's episode. Next week, I want a preview for this. Five days of spring game coverage. And I promise you, if you're going, oh, who the hell cares? I will make it interesting for you. I will make you – I will give you that hook that will make this interesting. I promise you. This is a promise from me. Check out our spring game coverage next week here on Locked on BC. Make sure to hit that bell to make sure you are subscribed. We'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone. Sorry again, again about not uh, – <coughs> about not – um recording last night as you can tell my voice is crap i love y'all see you again soon